Okay, everybody, welcome to another Ignite Visibility University. I am so excited because today I have Kirk Duplessis, who is somebody I've known for a couple years now. He's an expert marketer. He is somebody who knows options in the finance space and incredibly well, the trading space. And today we're going to be talking about marketing, trading, and Teslas. Why, why are we going to be talking about Teslas? We'll get into that in a little bit, but we're super excited to have him on. Kirk, how are you doing today? Good, man. It's good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you too. Excited to talk to you. Excited to share some of your wisdom uh, with uh, our community here at Ignite Visibility. Uh, so tell us just a little bit about you and your role, if you don't mind. T tell us a little bit about Option Alpha and, and how you got started. Yeah, so um, long story short is um, always knew I want to be in finance. Um, growing up and uh, childhood-wise, went through a lot of volatility financially with my parents. Um, they seem to always either have money or not have money. And it wasn't always because of the decisions they made. It just was the industry they were both in. So they were both in the mortgage industry and it was either really good or really bad. Figured out that I loved finance, loved the whole investing space in general, have always been trying to find my way uh, in investing. Went to University of Virginia, graduated there, then went to New York and worked um, in investment banking for a little bit decided I, I like that, but I did not like the hours and the, and the time there um, and went and worked as a REIT analyst. So covered real estate investment trusts on the public market side, doing like buy sell recommendations. Uh, enjoyed that time as well, but didn't find my niche. Eventually started gravitating towards options, had done a little bit of options, obviously in school, had done a rotation into a trading desk when I was in New York and just to kind of see what it was like um, on a rotation at Deutsche Bank. And, um, and I really just enjoyed it. And I've always liked options. I like, you know, what they can do and the flexibility of them. Um, and so I've been on this journey now for 10 plus years, which originally started with Option Alpha, just me writing a little blog about what I was doing and what was happening in the markets and eventually became courses and training and podcasts and software and now we're um, at the beginning stages of launching a new auto trading platform with a couple different major industry brokers so so it's been quite the journey for sure but um but it's always been a focus and a dream of mine to uh continue the the path down um i guess you could say just like the fintech path i've always been super interested in so I love it. Yeah. And, and for anybody who doesn't know, Kurt has a huge uh, following on, on social media. Check out his YouTube, check out the blog, check out the testament to the content that he's created and the expert that he's become. You know, Kurt, you know, before we kind of dive into some of this cool stuff, you know, I, I find that a lot of people just have issues getting comfortable, kind of starting trading for the first time, you know, and then you start getting deeper and deeper and you get into, you know, kind of the option side. Why, why do you think that is? I mean, you know, why isn't there better education out there? in that space and why is it such a hurdle for so many people well i think it's a complicated space just to begin with i mean it's not it's not a walk in the park right so you know when people start trading and they start investing it's it's pretty easy and it's pretty simple to understand that if you buy a stock and it goes up and then you sell it you make money so you now start to add in the, this like multi-dimensional aspect of options which is you know time decay and volatility and and all that stuff and, and it becomes you know a different animal altogether and so I think the problem with most places and what we try to do is, is most places add a lot of their subjective opinion on things versus mm -hmm. looking at things objectively. And so, um, you know, the goal for us is how can we always, you know, take something and look at it objectively, right? And if that means changing the way that we even trade or, or how we look at things, I think that's how we do it. So, so we've been on a constant mission just to continuously improve that. If we get new information, new data, we do a lot of testing in-house anyway. 
um, if we have new information, we just share it and, you know, tell people, you know, what the new information is. Like we changed one of our entire trading strategies because of a big research project we did. And so that in and of itself confused a lot of people because they're like, well, I thought you did things one way. And I said, you know, like, well, the data suggests that we should do it a different way. So um, yep. I, I don't think it's an easy one, but I think it's one that people naturally fall into because they realize that there's more ways to skin a cat than just buying something low and selling it when it's so that's really interesting to me. And, and what's interesting to me is, and I want to get into options. I want to get into Tesla's. I want to get into marketing. I want to get into a lot of stuff, but I want to, I want to focus in on options a little bit because what I'm confused about and what I think a lot of people are probably going to be confused about is one, you know, what are they, right? What are, what are the, the two different kind of types and how does that work? And then how does it fit into like a well-managed overall portfolio, right? And for me personally, you know, I've, I've got an MBA in finance. I, I trade all the time. I don't really do a lot of options. So just tell us like for a lot of the novice marketers and just people listening, they want to learn what, what's an option? Why, why is that something people should look at? You know, take us a step back. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's hard to do it in just a couple sentences without, yep. you know, still making it seem more complex than it is. If you think about what an option contract is, is it's just simply a transfer of risk. Um, and so I think the, the thought around it being a transfer of risk and the contract itself being just a contract that lays on top of some sort of equity position or ETF position. So in option contracts, we call them that they're derivatives, which means that they derive their value from the underlying asset. And that's why I always think mentally in my mind, visually, like that the option contract sits on top of an underlying asset, like say Apple stock or Tesla stock or something. And it derives its value from the price action and the movement of Tesla stock. But all an option contract is, is a transfer of risk. And so in the most simple terms, you could think that you're already doing or trading option contracts right now. When you buy insurance on your house or on your car, you're trading risk with the insurance company. You pay them a little bit of money to trade risk so that they take on the bulk of the risk. If you get into an accident, your house burns down, tornado hits it, flood, whatever, and then they would replace your house, right? But that contract has a defined term and it has defined premium and it has defined obligations. And so a lot of the same mechanics work exactly the same in the options industry. It's just a different underlying asset. Instead of your house, it's Apple stock or Tesla stock, et cetera. Very cool. Thank you. So, so, so then, you know, I've heard, you know, and, and, and so there's calls and puts, right? And they're, they're the two main frameworks. Tell our listeners what a call and a put is so that they can kind of learn the difference between those two. So again, okay, I'll use the analogy of insurance because it's most synonymous with put options, but put options, all they are is a right, but not an obligation to buy or to sell stock at a predetermined price in the future. So it all has to do with pre-selling the stock security, the underlying asset. A call option is just the complete opposite which is the right but not the obligation to buy stock at a certain price in the future. So if you can now combine the put options and the call options and then now take it one step further and just realize that you can buy a call option, buy a put option, you can also sell a call option before you even own it and sell a put option before you would even buy it to replace the shares or the contract. Like there's a lot of combinations of things you can do. And so the beautiful thing to me about stock or about options trading is that it's not just you buy the stock at some price. You can combine these things into pretty amazing and beautiful strategies where you 
buy a call option, sell another one, and buy a put option all at the same time if you wanted to, right? And so it's these combinations of strategies and, and contracts that create pretty elaborate payoff diagrams. Um, and what I tell people is that with options trading, you basically have to determine what you think the stock is going to do or what your expectation is, and then you create a strategy around that. So if you think a stock is going to stay range bound, well, then you can create a strategy that would profit from that potential environment. I love it. I love it. And I, I so I've, I've heard it described as, um, you know, a call as, you know, buying, basically, it's like you're buying a coupon that you can use in the future yeah. in, in, in some ways. And and, and I thought you described it really well. Um, yeah, you know, what, coupon I used, I used the first, like one of my first videos where I talk about this on our free courses is like an Arby's coupon to get like a sandwich because I love Arby's. So like, you get like an Arby's coupon, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. There you go. I love Arby's too. That stuff's great. I used to eat that a lot back in the day. Yeah, I don't <laughs> so. need as much of it now. I just love it. I used to love it, man. I could always do a road speed. <laughs> so um, I want to just further that point a little bit. And then I want to get into um, this like revolutionary drag and, drag and drop platform that you've created, uh, which allows you to do these, these strategies. But um, so, you know, for, for example, like I, I like to buy stocks when there's bad news and I like to sell them when there's good news. That's been like my entire strategy. I don't pretend to be anywhere close to the level as you, but I do do it, you know, on a monthly basis. I just wait for bad news, you know, bad news coming out on Southwest, you know, they had a bunch of bad news. I waited for good news, sold it. It was fine. Right. I made some money on it. And that's just been something that I've always done. So, so would I do an options uh, right for a future call on something like that, just to, would, would that be something that I should look at? And, and how does yeah, that fit into an overall strategy, do you think? So, so here's the deal, right? So when you trade stock, just to use the example, like, are you trading stock? You're trading stock when you do that, right? So when you're trading stock to do that, the downside of stock is that basically it's still a 50-50 bet, right? So even though you might have some underlying assumption about where things are gonna go or some indicator or some whatever, it's still mostly a 50-50 bet, right? All the research and all the statistics and all the data suggests at any given point, it's a 50-50 shot. The problem as I see it with stocks is that you carry the full downside risk of the position every single time. Yep. So what you can do with an option contract is you can transfer some of that downside risk to somebody else. And in exchange, you give up some of your upside potential, but you also increase the probability of success overall on the position, mm -hmm. right? And so my thought process, and, and you could say a lot of people's thought process and institutional traders, hedge fund traders, et cetera, is that that transfer of risk that increases your probability of success, although you may not make as much money on that particular trade or you know, compared to like a massive stock position that you have, it's a much cleaner bet. And it's a much more mathematical approach to doing something versus a hunch opinion that it's gonna go back the other way. You got me uh, really excited about the idea of hedging bets and um, you know taking a little bit of risk off the table for bigger rewards, which which must be why um, the platform's been so successful and um, and your educational courses have been so successful. So you know now you've got this this new tech, and are are you comfortable talking about the new tech today? Yeah, it's all it's all live and public now, so it's out. Okay, yeah. all right. So it's 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 new. It's been worked on for a long time. It's in the industry. It is um, uh, essentially one of a kind, and uh, it's a codeless and drag and drop ability to create these type of strategies based off of frameworks 
uh, that kind of revolve around the, the options um, uh, area that, that you're discussing. Tell us just a little bit about it and, and why you're, you were so excited about it, why the industry is excited about it and why you've dedicated some time to it. Yeah. So, I mean, look, it's been a long process. It's essentially five years in development, multi-million dollar investment by our side as far as team and data and resources and tech. I don't know why it was never done. Um, I have assumptions as to why it was never done in the industry. Everyone knew that this was coming. No one seemed to tackle the problems that we eventually tackled and, and figured out. What I can tell you is that if you think about every major disruptive technology that has been released, and I think this is disruptive technology, others have said that as well, that it didn't change the way in which we do something, like, or the need to do something. It just changed the process by which we did it. So if you think of like Blockbuster and Netflix, Netflix coming along did not change the need for us to watch movies. It just changed how we watched movies. We watched them immediately on our TV versus going to the store and getting the tapes. And I used to do this as a kid with my family, like go to the store, get the tapes, bring it home, put it in, right? Bring it back, all that stuff. The process was just clunky. Unfortunately, in the trading industry forever, the process has been incredibly clunky. And if you've ever made trades or ever made an investment or ever done any trading at all, you know that it requires you every single time to log in, choose what contracts you're going to trade, choose what stock you're going to trade, watch the indicators. I mean, essentially, you had to be 95% of the trading process. You had to remember what to do, when to do it. You had to log in, remember what to look at. You had to control your emotions while you're doing this and things are flying all over the place. And so what we're trying to do or what we're doing now is we're giving people the the ability to go in and pre-program all of these things with no code using templates, drag and drop, simple decision frameworks, right? And let technology do what it does well, which is streamline the process. So I don't think that it means that people are going to trade less or more or whatever. I think what it means is that people are going to free up their time in investing to actually focus on things that they should be, which is things like what strategy am I using, right? Like why am I doing this? What's my position size? Should I be trading something else? Is there a better strategy? I mean, like right now, like behind me, there's tons of books on investing. To learn every one of those strategies would take a long time. And then I'd have to remember how to do it. I'd have to log in every day to do it. Why not just let automation and some technology do it for you, right? And so that's what we did. We built a whole, a whole platform, you know, from the ground up, some completely secure cloud-based everything that just connects to your broker and just runs all these automations for you on autopilot so that you can have time to do whatever you want to do besides logging in. So, you know, this is going to sound weird, but one time I was surfing in uh, the Mentawi Islands off of Sumatra in Indonesia, and there was a Brazilian man on the boat, and he gave me a piece of advice. He said, John, you always have to have stops and limits on all your stuff, and you need to, you need to make sure that you set it because you can't just sit and watch it. You're yeah. too emotional, you know, and you, you need to know what you're willing to take and what you're willing to lose on everything. And this was a long time ago, but that always stuck with me. You know, even if I, if I I thought, oh, you know, maybe I would get another 50%. You know, I would always sell it and take the gain that I had, you know, ahead of time. So it sounds like your platform allows you to do that um, and, and allows you to kind of almost commoditize your strategy in a way. Now, my question is, can you share these templates with other people? Um, is it just your own? Like, how does, how does the community work there? So, you know, the community side of it was something that I've always thought for a long time. And look, we have almost 100 or 250,000 people who are part of Option Alpha right now right? So 
forever, I have had a one-way street of communication between Kirk and everybody else one way. And as much as I try to foster communication and interactivity in the community, most of the communication is one way. It's people telling me their strategies and I see them. I know for a fact that there are ridiculous traders that have amazing strategies, but I can't possibly learn their strategy plus try to improve my own plus try to do someone else's. So I knew when we built this platform that having the ability to share templates and strategies back and forth, again, which we all do naturally anyway, we just do it in a really clunky manner is you know, really important to this thing kind of blowing up and having the network effect that I think it could. So right now, when we talk about trading and strategies and whatever, everyone talks about their strategy. Yeah. Uh, Ray Dalio has a strategy with his all weather portfolio and Buffett has a strategy and this person has a strategy and that person has a strategy. What we gave people the ability to do is take their automations, which we call bots, like friendly term called bots. You take your bots or your automations that you're running and just create a template out of it. And you can choose to share that entire template with somebody else. Now that template doesn't have your personal information and your account size and your trades that you made, but it's the structure of the strategy that you're using. It's the core foundational elements. Like you're looking for this signal and then you buy this quantity of whatever ticker it is, right? That has been completely missing in the industry forever. Because now I can basically put all of my information on my particular strategy into a template, share it with you in one click. Now you have access to my entire strategy and you can choose to either run it on your account or you can choose to clone it and tweak one variable. Like say I entered every trade on Thursday and you wanna enter every trade on Friday. You can tweak one variable and then boom, you're off and running and going. Like that type of information and that ability to have latency, low latency between I want to trade something and then can I trade it was basically months and years, right? Like people learning how to do strategies. Um, and so we basically cut that down to basically a click, one click and you can clone the entire thing. It's, it's ridiculous. That is so exciting. So everybody, that this is the reason I want to have Kurt on. I mean, look at this entrepreneur, right? Builds up huge, you know, network, huge community, brings in technology. I believe that this interview, whenever you're watching this, is at the time um, right before um, this becomes a very, very big thing. So you're kind of getting in on the ground floor here. And uh, I definitely recommend you, you check it out. Um, so Kurt, really exciting stuff. And, uh, you know, I want to transition just a little bit here because uh, you're also a really, really great marketer but also you know in addition to that you know you're creating this this great kind of value add tell me just a little bit about how i could win a tesla and how that plays into this just so people know if they want to go ahead and enter yeah i mean so the tesla thing is the craziest thing we've ever done i mean like you know this man like we've talked we've we've, we've met so many times together we i we don't do crazy things like this but my team came to me and they're like you know kirk this is so you know, revolutionary, so groundbreaking, so disruptive, like this is a big deal. And like, we got to get this out. And I was like, okay, what are we going to do? And they're like, I don't know, let's give away a Tesla. And I'm like, that's crazy. We're not going to give away a Tesla. And then we started thinking about it and we're like, you know, the story may make sense. Like, you know, Tesla was cool. I mean, everyone loves Tesla. I've, I've only ridden in a Tesla once, so I don't own a Tesla, but, um, but the story is so important for people to understand this idea that Tesla came out of nowhere, essentially was a small startup that it disrupted an entire industry because they thought about something completely different, right? This idea that everything could be 
you know, semi-autonomous or fully autonomous at some point, all on electric, right? Just as efficient as gasoline. And everyone thought they were crazy. And then the same thing that we're doing right now, we're like, we feel like we're not a small startup, but we're a small startup compared to the bigger brokerages and, um, and the bigger players in fintech. And we're this startup that has been around for a while, but we're coming out with this disruptive technology based on automation and, you know, a new way of thinking, a new paradigm. And I truly believe that we're going to disrupt an entire industry and just create a whole new way of doing it. You know, there was the time before the iPod where we all listened to CDs, right? And then the time after. There was the time when we wrote checks and then auto bill pay. There's going to be a time where you don't really think about trading anymore or investing where you just build automations and bots to do it for you and to make all the hard decisions for you. So I think that we're at that point. And so to really kickstart that off, we're going to give away a Tesla to the person who refers the most people to our wait list. So you just go to beta.optionalpha.com, you sign up, refer your friends. And like I told people this when we announced it the other day, this is the easiest referral in the world, right? Because you're not telling them one to buy a product, you're giving them potentially access, early access to a tool that saves them time, helps them make smarter decisions, right? Cuts down on commissions, low latency trading. Like if you're an investor and you're a trader, this is a no brainer for you. So it's an easy sell to your friends to say, hey, look, check this out and sign up if you want to. So the person who refers the most people by our public launch date on February 1st, I'm gonna drive the Tesla to their house or something. Ah. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I, I wanna drive it to their house. I wanna find out where they live and then I wanna personally deliver it. But if they don't want me delivered, I don't have to. Oh, you're doing it. You gotta do it. That's awesome. Yeah, well, you know. What I wanna do is I wanna do auto drive and auto trading at the same time and see what happens. <laughs> Very cool. Well, you know, I, I really do um, believe in this, everybody, in, in, in some level. And I, I will just tell you just a quick personal experience. You know, I had a um, financial person who would advise me for a very long time. And he was somebody I really respected, a financial advisor. And, and he taught me a lot. And then after that, I had a new person who came on, the new person on the account, couldn't get in touch with her, you know, couldn't, you know, couldn't get the stuff going the right direction. It just, for me personally, where I'm at now, and I think about the next, you know, 20, 30, however many years of investing in my life, I would like to be able to develop a strategy on my own, maybe working with somebody else on some level who knows some stuff, but just, just really cool technology. So Kurt, I want to shift gears just a little bit. So we've got this new product, but you know, a lot of the success and a lot of the stuff that I've seen you do predating this, and that's going to drive the success of this is you've built up this, this community and you've done it through great marketing. Um, but, but really, I feel like you've done it through this also like authenticity and you've done it through commitment and consistency. And I just want to, um, just hear a little bit from you for our listeners, for, for marketers and people out there who are looking to build a community, you know, what's kind of gone into that, um, you know, from, from your perspective? You know, I, what I've said before, and I'll continue to say again is, and I think in the, I would call it like in the startup landscape, there's very much this idea that you have to like move insanely fast and you got to break things and you got to like hit the market and you got to scale up. I mean, and look, you know, because we just started working together again on this campaign and, you know, promoting this, but like we didn't spend any money on advertising at all until just a couple of weeks ago, we started spending money on advertising, right? But you have so, hundreds of thousands of YouTube subscribers and hundreds right. of thousands so of visitors a month to your site. I mean, that that's what I'm trying to get at. It's like, it's yeah. something genuine coming from what you do. That's driving a lot of it. So I'll say this. I think that people don't move slow enough. And I know that's counterintuitive, but if you hear me on this, I think people would understand is that 
what I've seen so many people do is go so fast to develop things and build things that they just blow right by their customers' needs, right? And so what I've always taken the approach of is I would rather move slow, really understand exactly what people need, take as much time as we need to build that thing to solve the problem, and then I can move on to the next problem. And so for us, it's been a 10 plus year process of people having questions like, I don't even know what an option contract is or how to trade it or whatever the kit, like all the market mechanics. So we basically spent, you know, six, seven years building out just free training and tools to help them get to that level. Then they got to that level and they're like, okay, I, now I know all of that stuff. Now I need to help with help with analyzing positions and figuring out what strategies to use. Okay. So we spent two years and we built a back testing engine and bought a bunch of data and then did that. Then they're like, okay, this is all great, but I still have to manually trade everything. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's right. I still have to manually trade everything too. So we spent, you know, it started developing the auto trading platform. If you move yep. slow enough and listen to what people are actually asking you to give them, not just like, oh, I want this feature, but like what they really want, right? They really want like confidence. They want commitment. They want knowledge. They need data. They need technology to make things easier for them. I think the process becomes a lot easier. Like to me, the roadmap is pretty clear. Like I know this was the eventual destination. And I know there's going to be something that comes, you know, after that, which we're already starting to hear people go, this is awesome, but what if it could do this, right? And I think if people move too fast, they just blow right over their customers' needs and then they, they don't really stay long enough. So Gosh, that really resonates with me. You know, you listening to the customer intently. I, I myself am trying to work much more on listening because I'm such a um, action-oriented person. You know, trying to come up with a solution before you even really fully understand the problem. And so I think that's the first time I've ever heard an entrepreneur talk about moving slow, but I, I like every it. I and it, it somebody, the, Every time I say it, they're like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like it does. It's indicative too of your work and um, you know, your, your website, your digital marketing, we won't go too deep into that today, but one of the things that I wanted to mention outside of, you know, it, it speaks for itself, but you know, the guides and the micro conversions that you've, you've mm -hmm. created, talk to us just, if you don't mind sharing what you're comfortable with, like, you know, you've really created some specific guides that are, are really, um, you know, people can learn from them. You know, you might get an, an email address, but you know, it's a little bit more more of probably a nurturing process, not a hard push or anything like that, but it's set up really well on the website. What went into uh, setting up those? So I think the process, and I'll, I'll give my wife total credit for this because she's a teacher and a linguist. And so when I wanted to reset up the site, the way that it currently sits, and even now as we go through this new transition to an even new platform with, you know, more stuff that we're going to be adding, you know, what she, re I remember her saying to me is, you know, people learn differently, right? Yep. And so you can't force people down a course and then have them like none of our courses are paid, but like you can't force people down a course and say, this is the way you have to learn. Right. And in many cases, it takes a multidimensional approach. They have to read it. They have to watch it. They have to listen to it. And then they would really get it. Right. So I've always thought about option alpha as being this place where people can come in and a lot of the content might be similar across mediums, but we deliver it in a bunch of different ways. We deliver in podcasts and courses and FAQs and trainings and guides. So it's not just you have to do it this way and this is the only way that we do it. And I think that approach has been really effective for us over the past, you know, 10 plus years because it allows people that uh, like it, it brings our guard down for them to understand that like we're truly here to help. Like we have a team of, you know, 25 people now basically 
And most of the people on our team, their sole focus is making sure the free content is great, helping people with free email support and training. Like that's where I think we get a lot of our value and eventually karma comes back around on that end. Um, so I think having that multi-touch approach where it's like, you want this guide, here you go. Oh, by the way, there's also some other ways you can learn on this topic, right? And having it at every stage, I think is critical. So it's not just you send people down this one single path that you think they should go down. My thing is kind of like every door is open in my house, like however you want to come in and however you want to engage with us, we'll engage with you. I love it. I, I, it, you know, that really resonates with me. I feel like the, the, uh, our wives are obviously very, very smart people. I hold mine in high esteem. She, she got her master's degree in, um, uh, in, in her, uh, her senior, uh, you know, kind of project was on multiple intelligences and how people learn differently. And it's exactly kind of what you're saying. And uh, some people want to read a blog post. Some people might want to listen to a podcast. Some people might want to watch a video. Um, but it's nice that you're making all that available to different people. That's, that's yeah, good advice. I think, I think having those little, like little commitments along the way, like, you know, you want to do this, like you can watch it for free. If you want us to track your progress, just create an account, right? But like, we're not asking for them to move mountains to get started with us, right? And I think that's an important point nowadays. It's like your content and your your education process, whatever you want to call it, like your development of, of your customers is really important and frankly should be most of your attention anyways. So, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up here, I always like to ask people, um, you know, in marketing in general, is there anything like innovative that you're excited about right now? You know, like any kind of like tactical stuff that you're really pushing? Where, where is your head at? I know you were talking a little bit about mapping top of funnel, bottom funnel content at one point. Are you past that now or where are you at the moment? No, I think that I, I think that that becomes so important. So right now, what I think is we have spent basically 10 years of our company's life cycle, trying to push people in through top of funnel as much as possible as, as we could, right? Education, training, courses, whatever. And we learned a ton doing that. So that's great, right? This is why I feel like we're now at the stage where we can start to shift and say, okay, we pretty much have a good handle on this. We can always improve, but we have a good handle on this. Now, what can we do to accelerate people through a different stage? And so that is where things like software and research and data and community connections, webinars, workshops, live in-person shops when the world opens back up, like things like that yep. are really at the, like my focus. I, and again, not to belabor this point too much. I think that a lot of people who get started in business, they think about the full funnel first, right? And I, and I get that you have to, you have to think about how you're going to make money and how you're going to you know, cover your expenses but they think about all of the pieces without actually focusing on one stage at a time. Like we didn't get to the point where we could actually spend money until 10 years into it that we thought we had a good enough process out front to actually spend ad dollars, like to spend money to then get more people in the door, right? To like expand our reach. We never really spent, I mean, you know, like we never spent money at all on ads. I think we actually had to like restart our ad accounts because they were so dormant. <laughs> they, they weren't even like they were there, but they were like, maybe we spend a couple dollars a month. We didn't feel like we were at the point where we could spend money until we got the front end of our funnel and our, our systems in place that we felt confident enough in what we were presenting to start worrying about the back end. Yeah, you're just like me in that way. I always, I, I've always been very lean and mean, and I, I try to bring that to uh, to everything that we do. But uh, yeah. but now you're ready. So as as you're kind of moving on, and kind of last couple things for our, our listeners today, 
Where can they find out more about the Tesla one more time? Where can they find out more about the new trading program? And what do you want them to know? Key takeaways from uh, our interview today. What's kind of like main things that stand out for you where they can be excited about the future option alpha? Yeah. So, I mean, you can go to beta.optionalpha. That's where everything is. So you can learn about the new program. The Tesla information will be there. Just sign up for the wait list. So it's beta.optionalpha.com. Um, you know, I think the key takeaway is that when you talk about investing, investing hasn't really been disrupted as much as it's going to be. So everything that we do now and everything that retail investors do now is literally still five to 10 years behind institutional players, hedge funds, private equity shops, et cetera. The speed at which institutional traders are going to have to catch up or retail traders like me and you are going to have to catch up to the systems that have already been used for quite some time. Um, it's going to move fast. It's going to be a learning curve. And I think that what you don't understand or what most people don't understand is that the old adage of buy and hold and just, you know, buy some stocks and stick them away and let them go. Like, it's just not going to work in the future. I think that you're going to have to be more nimble, more dynamic, more data-based. I think you're actually going to rely on data and systems and processes and logic way more than you ever did before. It has worked out incredibly well to be a investor who's frankly just left it and forgotten it for 10 years. And that's been generally well, but that doesn't mean it's going to be the case for the next 10 years. So that would be my word of caution is don't be a one trick pony. <laughs> Very interesting stuff. Kurt, thank you so much for spending time with us today. This is a huge value bomb for our audience. Everybody, if you like this, you know, let's make sure to show some support, give it a like, give it a comment, give a shout for somebody putting in a little bit of time and, uh, and teaching us some stuff and a great entrepreneur. Kurt, thank you so much for spending time with us today and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, man. Thanks, man. Take care. Take care.